high in the hills of Happy Valley, Oregon, welcome to Until We Meet Again, brought to you by the kind support of Cornerstone Funeral Services in Boring, Oregon, and friends like you. I'm Elizabeth Fournier. This radio broadcast is an expression of our common ground of mortality, because after all, we are all in this together. Today's reading is edited and adapted from the writing of a pastor, Craig Mueller. He writes, Bless the beasts and the children, for in this world they have no voice, they have no choice, for the world can never be. The world, they see their fear, light their way when the darkness surrounds them, give them love and let it shine all around them. My guests today are Bear and Annie Fine. They're from Brave Sky Ranch, all the way up from Idaho Falls, Idaho. Both of them believe the interaction with horses is the key to solving the mystery of healing the heart. Brave Sky Ranch also believes that friendship with horses is an incredible and unsung tool to help individuals move forward away from past trauma and pain. So I appreciate both of you popping off your tractors or child rearing or whatever you're doing today to talk a bit with us today about your ministry and the work of your ranch. And I love before I was talking to Bayer off air and he says, oh, no, 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 no. It's not our ministry. It's God's ministry. And we're just the caretakers. <laughs> I thought that was really great. That's, all right. So that's pretty much it. Nice. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You, you know, you can't own it all the way. You're saying, Hey, you know, we're here, we're shoveling stuff, but you know, if it wasn't for the, the man upstairs, then wouldn't it be happening. All right. So Absolutely. before we get into what we do on a daily basis, I want to hear about the background and how this all came to be. If you want to go ahead and why don't we start with you, Annie? Oh, uh, really? It should probably start with bear. Bear. If we'd start yeah. with you. <laughs> <laughs> So it really started with my backstory. Uh, I guess that's where I should start with because when I was um, a youngster, about uh, between ages three and eleven, I was uh, sexually abused by my uh, close family members on my father's side. And so, with that uh, abuse happening, I uh, God sent me a uh, really helping hand, so to speak, with horses. And my uncle, who lived next door to us, had four acres of horse pasture and horses that he used to raise, and uh, uh, more for you know, personal purposes, but you know, for other purposes as well, he used to, to raise horses. So I spent a lot of my time there realizing, or not realizing actually, what the horse was actually helping me with. It was, I was able to talk to the horse. The horse didn't treat me with disrespect. It wasn't trying to, you know, school me or wasn't trying to shrink me, so to speak, you know, being in a, a, a therapist's office. It was just there. And they helped me cope through that long stretch. Um, after... Uh, all the abuse came to light, I started counseling. And during that counseling period, I was counseling and also around the horses. So they were actually, it was a double, um, I guess, a double way of looking at, you know, I was getting help, talking it out through human means, but then also through the animal means, it was actually helping me cope with the stress that was, that was having to be brought to light. Also... Um, when I, so moving forward, 
I was, I didn't realize again how much those horses really were helping me cope with everyday stresses in life. And what had happened when I was uh, 13, I moved away from that farm because of those individuals who still owned property close by. So we moved away, and when we did, it took three years or so of being in counseling full-time, not having the horses around, and I started to backslide and go into depression. And um, after that depression really took hold, took root, at about age 16, I, between 16 and 18 years of age, I was actively trying to leave this world permanently. Um, one story that uh, I tell folks in my testimony is I was driving to a counseling appointment. I planned out where I was going to end my life and how I was going to do it down to the letter. And on my way home from the counseling appointment, knowing that no one would know where I was or what was happening and wouldn't look for me, until a certain designated time, I planned it out. I took my seatbelt off. I started speeding up. And when I went to turn to run off the side of the road in the spot that I had planned it, my steering wheel hit a stop. And it was the most freaky thing ever because I'm like, I can't move it. And then when my chance had passed me by to end my life, the steering wheel, again, started uh, having the ability to move. Not thinking about it at the time, not really paying too much attention to it at the time, I just continued on with other plans of action to uh, basically through that two-year period to leave this world. At the age of 18, I came to Christ, a, a very strong Christian uh, man through a church I had just happened to go to. Of course, nothing ever just happens, as we know. Yeah. And so I, uh, he came, took me under his wing, and he led me to Christ uh, officially, and he baptized me, and he was a really guiding light. At age 18, after I accepted Christ and started following the Lord full-time, I was getting more involved in church, more involved with the ministry, um, you know, I did uh, the sound ministry for the worship team, and I did that through various different churches that I had uh, was able to help. At that time, God laid it on my heart that I was going to start a ministry, and that ministry, He wouldn't tell me what it was, He wouldn't say exactly what it was going to entail, but He just said it was going to be something strong, and it was going to allow my path to be used in a great way and referring to the abuse. So fast forward, you know, now again, I'm, you know, uh, I move away from my home state. I meet Annie in Hawaii where I was going to flight school. Uh, I kind of walked away from God for a short period of time, um, not really knowing where I was going or what was going on. Kind of fell back into a, a mild depression again. And then he really... When I eventually moved to Hawaii, I mean, correction, to Idaho, um, I was working full-time as a medevac pilot at that time. And he started opening up doors for starting a ministry with horses. And at that point in time, 
I realized, okay, I saw a lot of open doors, and I just really felt the Lord just really present in, in what we were doing. And so he opened up a lot of doors to get back into horses, get back into learning about them and learning how to respect horses for who they were and the powerful creatures that they that he created them to be. And so uh, that started um, four years ago. I have been really kind of immersed in horses since then. And we founded Brave Sky Ranch in 2017 and officially became a nonprofit in uh, 2019, March of this year. So it's been an uphill battle. It has not been easy to uh, to be able to do what we've been trying to do. And uh, it's been quite a journey ever since. But my, my heart really goes out to those who are broken, who are hurting, who are, you know, going through you know, the contemplation of ending their life, um, you know, those who have been abused, those who have, you know, even a death in the family and they just can't shake it. You know, I, I bring, I want to bring them in and I want to team them up with a horse, you know, whether it's just on the ground, whether it's riding, whether it's just brushing and talking to them. Um, I always loved how people always said, you know, horses are the greatest secret keepers. They never will tell anyone. So it's so it's really cool because it's, they have a confidence. But horses also, if you really research, they mirror our behavior. So if you're angry, they don't want anything to do with you. If you're um, sad, they uh, a horse that's very intuitive to your feelings will come and and put their head over your shoulder. They'll comfort you. They'll let you hug them. They'll, you know, they, they really have this massive intuitive nature to them. And because that's their survival, the horse needs to know what's going on around them in their world to stay safe. So by tapping into that ability, they actually help mirror our our moods, our um, mindset. They, horses really, really desire to seek balance. And that's what we see when a person is working with a horse, that if that person is not balanced, the horse will attempt to bring them to a place where they are. Annie, yeah, were you a horse person prior, or just through knowing Bear and his love and passion, I, did that make you a horse lover? I, it, it made me a horse lover. I was not. The only contact I had with horses prior to, what, four years ago, was summer camp twice when I was like 11 and 12. And I rode a dapple gray named Roman at Kokolala Bible Camp up in Kokolala, Idaho. And that was the last time I touched, saw, had anything to do with horses until... We had somebody stop by our property and ask if they could put their mare and new foal in our pasture that we weren't using. And that kind of opened the door for us to see a horse again on our property and, and have access to just coming in contact with them. And Annie, do you find being in your ranch and walking amongst these animals, that there is a bond or there is an understanding, or has it brought any healing full circle for you as well? Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, there was a time when Bear was still working 
a week on, week off schedule uh, over a year ago. And I was the one taking care of all four of our children, our two dogs, our... How many horses did we have at the time? Five or six. We had a lot of horses at the time, and, and horses really were not my thing at all at that point, and I just enjoyed saying hi to them. But at that point, I had to feed and water them, and it's funny right now. It seems like nothing because I muck 17 stalls and water, what, 30 horses all at once. It's, now it's not a big deal to me at all, but at the wow. time, it was overwhelming, and um, that period of time, I really struggled, and I had to spend a lot of time with the horses. And there were times when I wanted to get out of the house, so I would, when the kids were asleep, I would go out and hang out with the horses at night and just talk to them and cry to them and tell them how frustrated I was. And they were comforting to me. And Bear would come home after a 12-hour shift and say, you're different. What's going on? I'm, I'm seeing this change in you where you're stronger and you're more confident and you're less fearful. And that was a major eye-opening thing for me to, because for me, for it to happen, I don't notice it. It's slow and it's painstakingly slow to the point where it is completely unnoticeable for me. But for him, to compare who I was at the time to who I was a few days prior or a few months prior, it was a huge difference. And that's what really opened my eyes to what these gentle beasts can do. It, it, I was completely on board. Nice. Where did you come up with the name Brave Sky Ranch? Yeah, it's kind of a play on words. <laughs> um, so we think about bravery as being, you know, to, to move past your, your, uh, past traumas, hurts, your things that keep you from moving forward. You know, we don't, you know, we kind of look at it as a soldier, you know, a soldier going into war, going into battle. And, you know, the Bible talks about the bravery behind the soldiers that follow the Lord into battle, not knowing the outcome, but knowing that they would be able to do what they uh, that God had promised them. And so through that bravery, they weren't, it wasn't that they were, they weren't afraid. It was that they were going to do it no matter what. And so it wasn't that I was afraid or not afraid to go through the, the hurts and pains and deal with things that, that I had through my childhood. And even as an adult, cause there's things I didn't deal with that I didn't know about even now. And so the horses are still helping me along through things that, that happen. And so brave, we think about brave, that one of our models is be brave when you face fear or face worries. Um, and then the sky part, they always said sky's the limit. Well, I think that's kind of a dumb way of looking at it. And, and I don't mean to uh, knock anyone who came up with that saying, but when you look at sky's the limit, it's not the limit. I mean, the sky's just the start. And so for my flying career, there were so many things that, that almost kept me from flying. There was all, all these things that almost uh, kept me from moving forward and in my flying career. And so 
when you look at it, if I wouldn't have been brave to overcome my fear of heights, the fear of things, the fear of loss of friends in the aviation industry through accidents of their own, I would have never been able to get up into the sky to see the beauty that God has created. And so that's kind of how Brave Sky came about. Uh, like I said, it's kind of a reach and a stretch on play on words, but it's it's kind of interesting to, to watch people's expressions when you explain it. I like that. I mean, you're probably not offending anybody. The person who made up the sky's the limit is probably long dead, so they're probably not yeah. around. But nonetheless, yeah, I think we just use that as a cliche thought, but I love the way you explain that. I know a lot of us probably have a really romantic view of living on a ranch and living amongst horses and what would that would be. I would love to hear from you the reality of what is a day on the ranch really like. It's stinky. Yeah. <laughs> to sum it up. Very. Yeah. So we used to have 20 acres. That's where we started. Uh, God brought us that 20 acres. We took a step in faith. I was still working in Utah as a medevac pilot at the time, and so I was commuting back and forth. Eventually, I, he closed the door in Utah and opened the door in, in Idaho for me to transfer so I'd be closer to home. We had that 20-acre piece of property for about four years. Um, that's where we started. That's where he opened a lot of doors and a lot of friendships in the horse community. Uh, after we, he asked us, basically told Annie and I both through reading Scripture, through things that we witnessed, doors opening, and even sometimes just on our heart, laid it on our heart, the Spirit talking to us and saying, I, I want you to move forward, take a step in faith. We eventually announced to our family and friends that we were going into full-time ministry, and this is what this is, is a ministry that he's entrusted to us. It's his ministry. We're just the caretakers. And I say that over and over and over again. One, to remind myself that it is his. And two, to help others see that, look, we're not about ourselves. We're about helping anyone that needs it. And so we sold the property. We don't have the 20 acres anymore. And right now we are in between property. We are actually living on our RV and staying at a friend's place that has six acres. And that's where our horses are. And we're ministering to her with her farm and her ranch and helping out where we're needed because that's another aspect of what we're doing. Yeah, and so we actually had a chance to, since January of this year, I've been helping her out three to four days a week. And when we moved here, she had bought this property. She's just really overwhelmed and just couldn't handle a lot of everyday things going on. So I said, don't worry, we'll take care of it for you. And so it's allowed her to be able to, to have that relief to be able to go out and do what she needs to do to make money to take care of this place, and you know, including paying for you know regular everyday bills. And we, um, we do it free of charge. So everything that we do, whether it's with individuals, working with horses, um, helping local farms and ranches. Uh, if they need help, we stretch out and help. Um, we've helped several folks already with their small farms, and we do it free of charge. Um, and that's that's been what we set out to do from day one, is never to charge for anything that we do. Um, and if prompted by the you know by God we will talk about him and and we will uh, be upfront and open in what we believe and how we believe it 
What are some of the hardships that happen with the day-to-day caretaking of a ranch and the ministry that you have? Um, the number one thing is definitely uh, volunteers are short supply right now. Uh, Annie and I are, are the volunteers. <laughs> we, we are the, the backbone of the ministry right now. Um, the other thing is, you know, uh, horse care, which would include having hooves trimmed, uh, removing of the manure, um, feed, you know, vet bills. Those are all things that, that we have to uh, contend with, with owning a ranch. And right now, God has provided every dime we've needed when we need it. Uh, we are in short supply of the reserve and extra funds we need, but um, he has never left us high and dry. Never. Are you open to volunteers coming on to the farm? Are you open to financial donations? How can people listening to this want who want to support you, either physically, emotionally, spiritually, monetarily, do that for you? Uh, I'm open to anything that they are led to do. Um, I was that pastor that I spoke about that led me to Christ, his number one motto was uh, he never preached about money. He never talked about, um, you know, and solicited for funds and never asked. And it uh, it's kind of struck home with me. You know, I'm, I'm not private about it. I'm not shy about asking when prompted. Um, but I am, I'm going to let, let God lead on that, and He will bring the money when He needs to bring it, and that's that's 100% of what I believe. And it's tested my faith many times because when we've been short, we've had the last fifty dollars to put food on the table, and and then all of a sudden, boom, here's more money coming in somewhere somehow, you know. And we just keep following, and He keeps keeps filling up that that uh, you know requirement for keeping us a roof over our head. Horses fed, us fed, you know, and so on. Uh, we do have a website, and uh, the homepage on the website has contact form. Um, it has a donate button, and it has a little bit of information about us. Uh, we do have a page on there that also has pictures of our herd, um, the four horses that we have in our herd at the moment. And uh, for more information, org is where you should go. Perfect. And then if anybody needs to come also, who wants to take a part of your services and use, what type of application process is that? Is it filling, just talking to you, or do you need to talk with uh, someone's doctor, or how does that go about? No, there's there's no, so I should clarify, we don't, uh, we don't have the staffing and the capabilities for handling disabilities. Um, there is a uh, another nonprofit uh, by the name of Champ's Heart that I also help volunteer with and help with uh, once or twice a week. And uh, the gentleman that runs that is a very strong Christian man, and uh, it's been he's kind of been my mentor through some of it, and I've been his as well. And so it's been fun getting to know him. Um, but as for the application process, there is no application. Uh, you come as you are, you know, and we work with you as you are, and we move forward. So just um, contacting us directly. Yeah, so you can email us, you can phone us, um, you know, text message, however they want to get a hold of us. Uh, that's it's it's really up to them. It's, um, it's all there on the website. Yeah, I would say there was a, a young lady that 
I got to know her grandparents through Champ's Heart, and uh, she was out here uh, for the month of June, and she spent pretty much four or five days a week with us for a couple hours a day, and we just let the Holy Spirit lead through working with her. She has uh, suicide attempts in her past, and um, it was a night and day difference from just spending a month of having her here and really just letting her be, you know. And when God when God prompted us, um, we said what He told us to say, and we were quiet when we were supposed to be quiet. And you know, Annie can contest to it too. I mean, she she can testify to exactly what she saw from the beginning. She was very quiet, very thinking reserved. about her now. And thinking about where she started, it just blows my mind. It's not the same girl at all. No. And it was such a short period of time. It was one of the miracles that we see. And most of it was just her talking to horses, petting the horses, you know, riding and them. riding them. And, you know, and, and that was that was therapeutic for her, you know, and helped her move past her insecurities. And she has blossomed. Do you find that rescue horses also work well in providing the past trauma and the pain relief for people as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the story goes a long way with, with how they came to our ranch and, you know, and how they moved. We actually had 11 horses at one time. Um, we have uh, whittled those down, uh, one, for budget reasons, and two, uh, God opened the door for, I believe that they were just here for, you know, to bring them in, to give them a home, to show them that they were loved, to show them that they were, you know, wanted and cared for. And um, one of the other uh, horses that we had, she was a beautiful five-year-old thoroughbred, honorary as ever, but she just was so lovable and so kind, but so full of energy and, and spirit. And I had people working with her and a couple of young girls working with her, and they just she just brought out the life and the party, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so the gal that got rid, you know, had to find a home for her. She was, we didn't know it at the time, but she was having some problems at home. Um, she, she was an adult and she didn't know where her path was going to lead or what was going to happen. And through myself and Annie talking to her, she agreed to sell her to us. And then later, a couple years after, she she she, six, she would remind years. me in text, "Hey, you know, if you ever need to give her a new home, I I'd gladly take her back." Hmm. And so we were able to provide the temporary home for her until she could get her life back on track and, and get things straightened out. And she finally did, and it was such a cool, beautiful thing. Hmm. And we gave her back to her, no money, no questions asked. And so it was just another thing. You know, even that's the thing. We didn't really touch her directly, but through taking her horse in and giving her a chance to get her life back on track and then be able to give her her horse back was such a cool thing. And we had no hands-on with her directly, just her horse. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing how God works, even just in that, in the hands-off situations. 
I've been talking with Annie and Bear Fine from Idaho's Brave Sky Ranch. If you find yourself anywhere near Idaho Falls, Idaho, they would love to hear from you. They have people who can come volunteer, come pet a horse if you need, just be a part. These young people and their four children are doing great things. So if you're motivated to look at their Facebook page or their Instagram or internet, braveskyranch.org, you can find them. Also possibly consider maybe giving them a possible gift to help them move forward. They're doing wonderful things. You've been listening to KKPZ 1330 AM, The Truth. Thank you so much to the ranch for stopping what they're doing to talk with me. And until we meet again next week, be excellent to each other.